This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Well, good day, everybody. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Radcast. We're here again. I'm super excited because this time we have a co-host in the studio of Patrick Edwards. Hello, Patrick. It's good to be back. How are you? Good to have you here. I, I, <laughs> we definitely flounder without Patrick. Uh, oh, come on now. We, I tell everybody he's the host and I'm the co-host, so... But uh, nah. <laughs> we're, we're back from Alaska. If yeah. you checked out our last episode, uh, you know, I'm still still reeling from the fact that I have to go to work every day. So, but although we wore ourselves out pretty good up there, didn't we? We, uh, we worked it hard, man. Like we put a lot of effort in. So, yeah, it was it was a good trip. And if you guys are listening to this one, please go back and listen to that one. So we will uh, keep you informed and up to date on all the good stuff. There's some seasonings and some recipes going on. So, and finally today, um, you know, we've got our, our sponsors that we need to thank real quick. We've got PK Lures, Bow Spider, and uh, High Mountain Seasoning. And thank you to all those sponsors. We couldn't do this without it, and we're really glad to have them on board. All right, everybody. Finally, this, uh, this has been a long time coming, but we have Caleb with Sheep Feet on the podcast. Hello and welcome, Caleb. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good to finally meet you and have you on the podcast. We've been looking forward to sitting down and hearing a little bit more about Sheep Feet. And I guess just for our audience, since they you know maybe haven't heard of Sheep Feet or don't know what it's all about, can you give us a quick overview of what Sheep Feet is and kind of what your company does? Yeah, so sheep feet, they're a custom orthotic. A lot of people will look at it and they'll think, oh, this is an insole. And likewise, mirroring that the price tag on a custom orthotic is a lot more expensive. They're about 250 bucks, but it is a custom orthotic, which means it's a corrective device. So if you were going to go to the store, you get a brand new pair of hunting boots, you're super stoked, you buy yourself an insole like a, a super feed or uh, anything, right? You throw it in your boot. The difference is that's like a size 9, 10. They're just making it off a generic shape. So what we're actually doing with a custom orthotic, we're taking an impression of your foot. We pour it with plaster so we get a replica of your foot. And then after we have your exact foot, we make sure that it's in completely level position, the correct position for the body. So you're not rolling in, rolling out. You're at level. And then we're going to heat press a supportive, it's more rigid, a foot frame. But the reason we can do that is because we know exactly every shape of your foot. So then it's, it's very comparable to say, I just shot an elk and I got to pack this out three, four miles or more on my backpack. Well, a frame pack compared to a pack without a frame in it. And it's the exact same thing for our feet. So the, the orthotics going to be that supportive frame right to your feet. It's going to, be hugging it and then it's going to cut down on a lot of fatigue prevent of injury in the future and a lot of other make your boots 100 percent custom boot system and you just move it around from boot to boot it's pretty cool how'd you come up with the name because sheep are awesome <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know it was just pretty simple like thinking of our feet when we're hunting like sheep go everywhere they they hunt they're just awesome you can see them in the craziest places same with goats but sheep feet sounded a little bit better than goat feet so sheep feet's what we went with I, I would agree with that statement. I think sheep feet sounds a lot better than goat feet. 
Um, yeah, I was, I was curious about like, how did you get the idea for the product in the first place? I mean, what, what was the impetus that was like, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make this product. The product was, we've been doing this So a little background. My, my grandfather was a podiatrist, which is a foot doctor. And my father did not want to do all that schooling. Uh, he liked working with his hands. So he became an orthotist. He went back to the Chicago school of podiatric medicine trained for about three years in manufacturing orthotics and then came back and started his own orthotics lab, manufacturing them for doctors all across the country. And he's been doing that for about 40 years now. So it wasn't like I was coming up with any crazy new product that hasn't been coming up with. Orthotics are pretty much, they're a proven device that doctors have been using for a really long time. It was more, I saw a huge need in the hunting industry because I've never really had foot problems or had a boot that didn't fit my feet. It was just always comfortable. And I always heard people complaining about their feet and boots. And then it kind of dawned on me. It's like, well, I've been wearing my orthotics ever since I was little and they're always comfortable. I just move them to my new pair of boots. Like everybody actually needs this with the weight that we have on our back, uh, compounding uh, things with our feet. So it was just one thing. It's like, Hey dad, I'm going to do this let's do this. Let's take it to the hunting industry. They already understand pretty much the concept of a frame. Uh, and there's a huge need. So that's, that's what we did. We switched over to the hunting industry. We're exclusively making them for hunters now. And it's a blast identifying with the community and the people that we love. So I'm going to agree with you that, you know, cause I now have a pair of sheep feet and I'll agree with you that I, I've never had knee, hip, boot, feet problems. Right. And I I got turned on to your company a couple years ago and got my first pair. Now, where I'm going to disagree with you is you said you can take them from shoe to shoe to shoe. That gets really annoying after a while, so you just buy another pair like <laughs> I did so that you can have one pair in your everyday shoes and one pair in your boots. I know. It's funny. Everybody ends up doing that like when we're at shows or whatever, and we tell them, like, yes, you don't have to buy multiple pairs. Like, that can get expensive, but, like, you'll probably end up purchasing another pair down the road because you get sick of moving them from your different boots and your different shoes. So it's, uh, it's something that everybody ends up doing down the road most likely. And it's pretty funny. Some people have like six pairs of them and they're just not willing to move them. And he's like, I want more. So pretty funny. Yeah. That, I could see, you know, the need for it. I mean, if you're a hunter, obviously a hiker, I mean, I was thinking about it before this show, like if, if David or I shot an elk four or five miles in and we got to haul that sucker out and our feet are killing us, that's not going to be a very fun experience. And so it was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you would focus on hunters in the outdoor space as like kind of the prime area for your marketing campaign. So can you talk a little bit about like how long you've been in business and how long you've kind of focused on that one area? So we've been in business for a little over three years now. Um, and we have just focused on the hunters. And like you said, if it's cause it's that one thing, if you're already on a hunt, some people have spent their whole lives budgeting for a hunt and your feet are going to be the first thing that cuts you short on a hunt. And if, if you're going to start having foot pains without weight on your back and then you're going to put weight on your back, it's just going to compound problems. Uh, more injuries are going to happen. So we've, we've been doing it for three years now and it's been awesome because it has been a huge need in the hunting industry. And 
to be honest with you, in just everyday life in general, like a lot of our hunters are just average working Americans, hardworking Americans. So whether they're in construction or they're on their feet doing sales or whatever it is every day, that's been probably some of the biggest benefits to talk with some of them and hear how much it helps give them more comfort throughout the day when they never thought they'd be able to achieve that. So it's been kind of the overview of three years, but we have been doing it a lot, making orthotics for 40 plus years for doctors in the family. And uh, we just make them out of better quality materials, lighter than doctors will pay for. And I'll have to concur there is the reason I got the second pair is I've found a bigger benefit at trade shows all weekend, especially when we're indoors on a concrete floor, having my sheep feet insoles in my shoes. But then when I want to go on a weekend hunt or go get home and want to run around, I forget to take them out of my shoes and put them in my boots. And it's always, and then when I put them in my boots and go to the next trade show and I leave them at home because they're in my boots, then I get pretty frustrated. You know, when I both times need them, they're not in the right pair of shoes. So for me, it just made sense to have one in my my show shoes that I work in all, all summer and then one in my hunting boots. And then I don't have to worry about where they're at. So getting that next question is how'd you get your start into hunting? I've just hunted ever since I was little. Like my, my grandpa was a huge hunter and then it's a generational thing. It's a lifestyle. So my dad obviously grew up loving hunting. So he hunted and then for us growing up, it was the same thing. It was just hunting and doing all those different things. We grew up mostly waterfowl hunting. We did big game hunting, uh, not as heavy as we're into big game hunting now, but a lot of waterfowl hunting. Uh, that was kind of our jam. And then uh, when I got into my teenage years, then we were able to start getting into big game hunting a lot more when my dad could take us. So just always done it. All I've ever known. So I would, I would just kind of piggyback onto that. What's your favorite style of hunting? Oh man. So mule deer hunting, mule deer are my favorite. Like that's, that's my kryptonite. Uh, I'm from Utah. So we don't, if you know everybody, anybody that's listening knows Utah is pretty insane for elk hunting. Like it takes a long time to draw a tag. And once once you draw it, you could be 15. I think I have like 18 points right now for elk hunting. Uh, so mule deer hunting every single year. I love mule deer hunting and waterfowl as well. Goose hunting. We love that. Me and a couple of my buddies, we travel a bunch of different States. And once we hit December, January, we go crazy. And then before that it's big game hunting, but mule deer, that's, that's what I love. That's what I know the best. I guess I should put it that that way. <laughs> so have you got to use the bow spider on one of your mule deer hunts yet? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, uh, I've thrown it on, uh, I use it on my day pack a ton. So if I'm going in for a stock or something, I just take my light day pack and throw it on there and rip over. That's where, that's where I really like it the most. And that's, I mean, I've got to go to a lot of trade shows with you, Caleb. And, you know, I started Bow Spider about the same time you started Sheep Feet. So uh-huh. know, Bow Spider is one of our sponsors and it is a little self-serving of me. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there like you that just, just have them and love them, right? It's like my Sheep Feet. I tell everybody uh-huh. all the time, I take my shoe off and show them like Sheep Feet. And they kind of look at me like, are they really worth it? So what does a pair cost? So you're going to be right around depending on like, we usually run sales every every few months uh but you're going to be right around 250 bucks 
with a with like a ten percent off discount that you can find from different influencers or, or people that rep us. Uh, two hundred fifty bucks is usually pretty average. Uh, that's the fully loaded one, and it really just comes down to how you fit your boots. There's two options that people will generally have like a little bit of a holdup on. It's the cushion thickness or the heel stabilizer. And it just comes down to on the cushion thickness, single cushion is for if you fit your boots tighter, true to size, you go with that. So we don't jam up the toe box and start getting blisters. If you fit them a half size big, double cushion. And the heel stabilizer is just if you want additional support with your ankle or you hunt steep, nasty, uneven terrain. Pretty much it, dude. That's how much it costs. Two simple <laughs> options to pick between. And if anyone ever has any questions, we tell them to just reach out to us. So how does that compare like for somebody who's maybe getting a custom orthotic at a doctor? Because I know when I was a kid, they were not cheap back then. So I'm assuming they still aren't very cheap <laughs> comparatively. So yeah, what's, what's the difference? Yeah, they're, they are still not cheap. I mean, doctors will charge anywhere from 500 to $1,100 for one pair. And that's legit just because it's healthcare. So a doctor could charge whatever they want for it. So the difference is we have designed these specifically for hunting. So like I said earlier, they're, they're thinner. It's our own special foot frame that we've manufactured. Uh, it's, a, it's a special type of composite plastic. So it's still going to give you some flex. So if you're going with a pack on, you're going to have some flex. It's not going to be really, really hard. Um, and the cushion is top of the line, pretty much as good as you could get on the market right now, open cell cushion. So we're just making them out of thinner, lighter, more durable, higher quality materials than a doctor will charge and trying to, to cut that down to a fraction of the cost so that just the everyday person can realize, Hey, I can get a pair of orthotics, have them, and they're going to last me five plus years. And so over time, they're, they're a lot cheaper than even just an off the shelf insole. And so to piggyback on that, I mean, obviously, like you said earlier, the one thing that will cut your hunt short in a hurry is your feet hurting, right? Like that, that takes right. a lot of people out of the game really quickly. So if you were to just kind of give the audience advice as far as not just orthotics, but the kind of boots they ought to maybe be looking at and some of the other footwear, what would you recommend? Yeah. Um, so I guess some of the, there's not, to start off, there's not a, I guess I would say there's not a bad boot company that I have found on the market yet. So we've tried lots and we try every boot company. Uh, every year we rotate through a different couple different pairs of boots to try them out. Almost all the boot companies are awesome. Nowadays, you're just, you're going to get a good boot for what you, what you're looking for. But probably the biggest thing is for people to start buying a boot based on what type of hunting and what environment they're going to be doing. I, I hear, and I talk to a lot of people on the phone and they just talk about how their feet are killing them. Uh, this will just be one example. And it's like, okay, what boots are you wearing? And it will be like a, like a Scarpa, right? And like a five out of five, just like a really aggressive sheep hunting boot, very rigid. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what, what are you hunting? And they're like, oh, I'm elk hunting. Okay. What's the terrain like? And they're like, well, it's, I mean, it's mountainous, but it's more like rolling, covering lots of country, ridge lines, not super steep. And it's like, well, you need to probably dial back on your rigidity of your boot and get yourself in a boot that can flex and can let your foot function how it's intended to function. 
So that's probably one of the biggest examples that we see talking with people. But I mean, if you're, if you're like above tree line hunting mule deer, like, yeah, a little bit more aggressive boot is going to be the way to go compared to if you're hunting elk, get like a mid flex, get like a three to five or two out of five, something like that. That's going to let you cover country, still give you that support, but allow your foot to move and function. So just looking at a boot, depending on what kind of hunting you're doing is probably the biggest key advice. Get a good sock, uh, a good Merino wool sock or a tri blend that can help wick some moisture away from your foot. So you're not getting blisters and get yourself into a good boot, depending on what kind of hunting you're doing. Yeah. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. That's or kind of, like, yeah, no, that's okay. exactly what I was kind of getting towards because my buddy, he turned me on to uh, darn tough socks for the same kind of reason. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you don't think about the socks as often as you probably should, just like you don't think about the insole. It's like you said, the rigidity of the boot that you have. And so those things are all important. So I just wanted to pick your brain on that. So falling and prep. And I mean, what, what do you do to get ready to go on a high, high mule deer hunt? Me? Yeah, you. So, yeah, scouting is the first thing we usually do. Um, we'll just go out and we'll do some scouting. For me, I have never been like a, it's always been a high country mule deer hunt for me. I haven't really got into like the low country stuff. Some guys just crush with low country mule deers. That's probably the most intriguing thing for me. Sorry, that's a tangent. But um, <laughs> we just scouted out. I find a good basin that has some good feeding. And then on the backside of these ridges, it has some good dark timber for bedding. That's like first thing that I'll scout out on, on maps, uh, try and find water sources. But I mean, that's usually the deer find water wherever they're at. So that's not a big deal. Um, so we mostly just look for shelter. And once we find good feeding and bedding habitat, then we just go up and scout it. And then it's, man, it's pretty, it's pretty clockwork. If they're not in that basin, you just move around. That's, that's key once you're up high is not just focusing on one basin. I think it's just moving because you're already on ridge lines. So just move, keep checking. And then they're going to be within the next few basins pretty much all the time. So that's usually how we do it. We've, we've got our spots now that I've hunted my whole life. So it's, it's a little bit easier. We know where they're going to be and, and that's how we go about it. That makes a lot of sense. And, I want to talk about something that it's a question that kind of transcends business and hunting. So, uh, you know, Dave and I've seen this over the years and I'm sure you have as well, your work ethic in hunting and your work, work ethic in business is going to determine whether you're successful or not. So can you talk about just kind of how working hard at the hunting aspect, the preparation, and also working hard on the business side with the marketing, the preparation, the planning, how all those things kind of sync together for you in your hunting and in your business. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the most important thing is just working hard, what you touched on, uh, for anything in life. Before I started CP, I had started another company and it was doing very well, but, I wasn't like passionate about it. So we had to, we grew it. We did everything we needed to. Um, and I just wanted to do something that was more exciting to me. So then it went, it went to going to work all day, then in the evenings building a website, just like grinding until bed and then waking up and then doing it all over again, work to grinding. Uh, so hard work, I think is key in all of that. It's just saying like, well, what can I do that, if you ever say to yourself, yeah, this, 
I want to do this because it sounds easier. You should probably do the other thing that doesn't sound easier and you're going to come out on top a hundred percent of the time. Uh, example of that is being, I just did that this weekend. Actually last weekend, I was up scouting a couple new basins that I'd never been into where we hunt. And I got into these two basins and it was awful. I didn't even see a deer and I had camp on my back. So I ridge walked and I went probably around 10 miles. Um, so it was probably like six or seven and checked out like three or four other basins. Didn't see a deer the whole time, but I now know, like I found out a cool spot where one place that I get to, there's an easier way because I went into a different basin to get into this spot that usually takes me like four miles to hike into. So it sucked. It was the worst, but I ended up learning some things just because I put more work in. Uh, and it's the same with business. If you have a dream or a goal, like, just put work in. You're going to learn things along the way. And even if that doesn't pan out, it's going to tailor and it's going to tie right in with something going on down the road. So what is one of your favorite hunting memories? Oh, favorite hunting memories. I don't know, dude. There's a lot. Probably the biggest, my favorite hunting memory is all growing up as a kid. Like I said, we were pretty waterfowl like crazy. And, uh, all through school, once it was duck season or goose season, if it was stormy, my dad ran the orthotic lab. So he's a business owner. It was his company. So he was pretty flexible on his hours. He would, I would just look outside. And if it was a stormy day, I could pretty much count on at like 12 o'clock getting checked out of school. And he would just take me out of school and we would go duck hunting. So <laughs> all growing up, it, it's always been the one memory that stuck with me. Like, even all my teachers, like the intercom would boop, boop, boop. And then they'd say, we're checking Caleb out. And I'd already have my bag packed, like <laughs> leaving the classroom. You'd already been looking so out the off. window and seeing the oh, snow yeah, flying. If it's stormy, the wind's blowing, I'm looking at the flag and like, okay, it's on. And then just like getting home, just pissed if my dad didn't check me out. <laughs> uh, but those, those are probably my biggest memories of, teachers being pissed off and then just getting out of school to go duck hunting all the time. Man, that sounds, that sounds good. My dad, you know, he never got me out of school to go fishing. So I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. Be like, dad, on those nice <laughs> days, why didn't you come get me to get out of school to go fishing? But that's okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the big plants, uh, the, some of the big plans you have for hunts this year. It sounds like you got a kind of a cool tag here in Wyoming, but yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I drew, I was banking on Montana uh, for my deer elk combo, and I had I had three points and two or three, I can't remember, and I didn't draw, which I was like banking on that, and but I did end up drawing my Wyoming antelope tag, so I had seven points, I'm super excited about that, uh, which Dave, I'll be using the bow spider on that, I'll probably hook it just right to my bino harness. Cause I'm going to do spot and spot on that on some goats. I'm really excited about that hunt. Never shot a goat. It's going to be super fun. Uh, and then I drew a deer tag in Wyoming. So that should be a lot of fun. And then I have my Utah deer tag, which is my favorite hunt ever. So those are, those are my hunts. I didn't get an elk in this year, so I'm a little bit bummed, but I'll get it on other years. 
Well, on the on the antelope, I I uh, can't give you a ton of spot and stock advice. I've done it a few times, and I enjoy taking my kids and sitting in the blind over water and and killing those things. So it's a little <laughs> it's a little unfair. It's almost like cheating when they walk seven yards away and start drinking water. And but when you have five and six year old kids in the blind, their eyes get this big around, and you know, yeah. So, but definitely uh, one thing I will say with the antelope is come out of the sun. Have the sun right behind you for sure. Wind isn't oh, yeah. as important, but visually is way important. So I've seen guys use cow decoys. Decoying can work a little bit, but I'd rather just get in the heavy sage and try and try and maneuver on them. Yeah. And it's Wyoming is so freaking good about that antelope tag that you can bow hunt it and then rifle hunt it. So I love that I'm not going to be stressed out. It's like, hey, I'll just go have the time of my life and stalking goats. And if it doesn't work out, I'll come back with a rifle. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Wyoming is really cool. That way you get some extra bang for your buck. Right. So hopefully, hopefully you're successful in that. So let's change gears just a little bit. So after you go hunting and when you go and do these cool hunts, what's your favorite meal to prepare, whether it be mule deer, elk, whatever it is, tell us how you prepare that. So we butcher all of our, all of our meat. Elk is my favorite and we are big hamburger people, me and my wife. So we'll, we'll bring it back. We'll usually get some like a pork shoulder uh, and mix in with it to give a little bit more fat in the lean. And then we just hamburger. We'll cut out all the good steaks. We'll do our back straps. We'll do some of our rounds and we'll cut out our good steaks in the meat, but then everything else is hamburgered. And we do, during the winter, we do soups, we do tacos, everything. Uh, I love pressure cooking in the pressure cooker and taking an elk roast. We usually leave a handful, but then pressure cooking an elk roast is banging. It's so good. And it just <laughs> falls apart. So <laughs> have you, that's a that favorite too. Have you ever heard of the book Buck, Buck, Moose by Hank Shaw? No. Okay. Well, you got to go out but, and you got to buy that book. And you got to try some of his. He's got a... Uh, he does a lot of stuff with like roasts and, and whatnot for like deer, elk, just different types of venison. Uh-huh. Dude, that guy is money. We had him on the podcast. Um, he's he's got some amazing recipes and all the things you're talking about. You should you should check it out before you go hunting because there might be some things in there that maybe you want to leave like you know a whole shoulder or something. He's got some stuff where you can just peel it right off the bone. It just falls apart. It's money. So you'll yeah. have to check that out. I need to. Has he written one for Duck and Goose? Yep. A yeah. book? Yeah, Duck, yeah. Duck, Goose. So I've, yep. I've read that one, yep. which is phenomenal. So I'll have to read the, the Buck, Buck, Moose. Yeah, he just came out with one um, for fishing. It's called Hook, Line, and Supper. And it's got some, because I'm big into the <laughs> fishing side, so I'm geeking out over all these recipes. We just got all that salmon in Alaska, and I'm like, well, I'm going to try this recipe, this recipe, this recipe. So, yeah, check him out. It's it's good stuff, really good stuff. Yeah, I'll have to, because his, his waterfowl recipes and just teaching you how to cook it properly, dude, it is, if anyone hunts waterfowl, they need to read that book because it goes from a lot of people saying it sucks to it is amazing (laughs) and i I love it now yeah exactly i I would say all of his cookbooks are really should be required reading he has one on small game too it's like pheasant cottontail quail or or quail pheasant tail something like that but it's good good stuff so yeah check that out for sure 
Well, before we move on from food, we got to cover High Mountain Seasoning, one of our sponsors. And uh, have you got to use any of High Mountain Seasoning stuff yet? I have not. All right. Well, they're based right here in Riverton, and they have some great... They have a seasoning for anything from burger to fish to jerky, homemade jerky kits. So they really... I mean, Patrick and I have done homemade bacon with them from pigs we've raised to uh, we just did salmon. We've actually got a video on the website of doing smoked salmon with high mountain seasonings. And it was the thing I was shocked about is we had the Alaska brine from um, high mountain seasoning. And then we had the gourmet and then we had my dad's family recipe. And then we had a recipe I picked up and kind of tailored while I lived there. Now, our kind of home recipes were a lot more brown sugar-based, but they're still good. By by no means were they bad, and they, the uh, the Alaska recipe from High Mountain Seasoning was decent. But, man, that gourmet that <laughs> gourmet on, on sockeye salmon fresh out of the Kenai River, I don't think it's going to get any better than that. That was some of the best stuff that we've that we've made for sure. It was excellent. And we smoked it with applewood, which is awesome. So you can go to himtnjerky.com to check out high mountain seasonings. Again, like David said, they've got kits for just about anything you want to do, including waterfowl. So, you know, Caleb, if you're wanting to pick up some of their waterfowl seasonings, you can do that. I, I really like all the fish ones. David does a lot with, you know, the jerky for elk and deer and antelope and, there's lots of great steak seasonings. You can do just about anything you want. So check out highmountainjerky.com when you get some time. Um, so I kind of want to jump into this a little bit. How do you balance running a company and getting to do the things you love? Because I know from experience, so does David, so do you. Running a company will suck every second out of your life if you let it. So how do you balance that? so that you can enjoy your life, but also have a successful company? Uh, the correct answer is I don't balance it. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as much as I love having a company in the hunting industry, it sucks every ounce of time out uh, from us. We were a very, like, we do all of our production in-house here in Utah. Everything's handmade in the USA. So it is very time consuming. It's a labor intensive process. So on the production end, it's about three weeks manufacturing. And when we hit our uh, busy season, high production volume times, which is right now, three to four months before this, it's pretty much just been nonstop uh, trying to stay ahead of order. So, I mean, it's like 12 hour days, most days when employees leave, we're here picking up the slack through the evenings to just try and keep everything ahead so that I can hopefully get some time to hunt. Even this year, like I got out scouting one time so far, which sucks. Whereas before it was like, yeah, I'm out almost every weekend, like 20, 25 weekends out of the year, I'm out scouting and hunting. So it's really, really hard. And it just comes down to, I just got to put more hours in, in front of hunting season to be able to hopefully have some time when hunting season comes. Uh, so just pans out to just work more, I guess. <laughs> we get that. We've, we've seen dad go in and out about two dozen times. We're still working. I know. I was hoping to be able to be home so I could be in a quiet place for the podcast, but we're just wait. Mondays are our busiest days from the weekend, just getting everything caught up on. So it's like, I got to just take it from here. Well, I'm way behind. I appreciate you taking your time and, and coming and, and getting this done. And, and to attest to how busy he was, I, I wore my sheep feet out after 
right at three years, right? Two and a half years. But I wore them <laughs> every day and at trade shows. And then I, I talked to you and I talked to your dad and sent them in. And these guys in a week turned around and resurfaced my sheep feet and got them back to me. So I'm, I'm probably probably getting you a little, little bit of hot water with somebody that wants their sheep feet resurfaced. But <laughs> no, they're, they're brand no, new. No, not at all. Restores are usually like a week, week and a half for everyone. So that doesn't get us in hot water at all. If you send them in and that's where we tear off the cushion and we recover it with brand new cushions. So it's like good as new. Brand, they're uh, like yeah, that's brand new. And that's, that's pretty quick. That's usually like a week, week and a half as well. Well, it was a really bad week and a half for me. I'll tell you that. Cause I, I ordered a second <laughs> pair for father's day. My wife, that was my gift for me was my second pair of sheep feet for father's day. And they were like, you know, you guys are however many weeks behind. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but I didn't have those yet. And then I was like, you know what? These other ones need resurfaced here. Resurface these. So there, I was hoping to have my, my first, my uh, father's day pair so I could send my others in, but I will be taking a, both pairs with me everywhere I go from now on. My hunting boots just go in the truck, my other shoes, and I've got them. That is honestly the best way to do it. Like, this is my company. I'll, uh, I still only have one pair of orthotics that I just rotate around with. I just love these ones, so I slide them into all my shoes. But I have forgot them, got, like, to the mountain and realized I never switched them out from my work shoes. And it's miserable. So that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I worked on uh, concrete floors for a number of years, and I didn't have custom orthotics, and now I'm kicking myself because, you know, I have foot pain and knee pain and whatnot from those years of standing on a concrete floor with, you know, no extra, you know, protection, orthotics, that kind of thing. So it is a big deal. Um, and I do want to say I appreciate that you guys make them all, you know, here in the U.S. Um, and it's not just a canned one size fits all type deal. You know, you guys are making sure that it's customized to each person to meet their needs, to help take care of their feet and you're accessible so that if they have questions, they can call and they can say, Hey, you know, what about this? You know, maybe how should I do this differently? Or this isn't quite working right in this boot. What kind of adjustments do I make? I just want to commend you on that. Cause a lot of companies don't do that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We, we definitely take a lot of pride in being just a hundred percent handmade in the USA uh, and helping our economy. But it's, it's kind of the only way that we can ensure that the quality is where it needs to be on the, on the orthotic and because it's corrective and it's kind of a, a big deal. Yeah. We do everything here to make sure that every single one is, is where it needs to be. So how much plaster are you going through now? Semi truck loads? So much plaster. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And dude, there like a year ago, year and a half ago when the shortages were hitting that was the hardest hardest thing to get was plaster and so it was like we were ordering it from anywhere just to get pallets here to be able to pour them and and make them and so for anybody out there that doesn't know you're you're gonna if you go to get sheep feet they're gonna send you an impression kit go watch the video of how to take the impressions caleb does a great job but uh you're quickly going to take your impressions, do it right, watch the video. It's really best to have somebody help you, but you're going to have, you know, a box with your two feet impressions in it, kind of like a Bigfoot track, right? And you're going to ship it back to Caleb, and he's going to pour plaster in there and then completely form fit that pair of orthotics to your feet. Just switching gears, um, if you could pick one person to go hunting with, who are you taking? Oh, my. Like, 
Anyone or what? Yeah. yeah. Anybody. Anybody. Uh, probably, probably Fred Bear. I'd probably go hunting with Fred Bear. I like that. That answer. would be the dream. Yeah. That was like time. my idol growing up. I've shot a bear bow my whole life, except for this year. I just switched. But for the sole reason that just Fred Bear was my idol. What'd you switch started to? started bow hunting when I was... Hoyt. Hoyt. Okay. Well, that's a Utah company. Yep. Understandable. Local, local company. Uh, figured I'd start supporting a local company. So switched to Hoyt. But before that, it was just... I always shot a bear. Fred Bear was the idol. Started bow hunting when I was 12. And it would definitely be Fred Bear because... Just the knowledge he has would just be insane. That's a good answer. Um, so I guess the next thing is, what's on the horizon for Sheep Feed? I mean, what are you guys working on? What's what's kind of the future plans? Yeah, the, the future plans, I guess the overall plan is just to become the overall expert and trusted authority with feet. As weird as that sounds <laughs> in the hunting industry. <laughs> so we got some really big things on the horizon um, that I'm not going to share at this time, but we are going to be bringing on, um, a bunch of products next year that are overall just in that realm. We'll be coming out with, uh, some really nice hunting socks. Like I talked about earlier, um, some really cool they're quad blends. So, uh, some different things that are going to help out on the mountain. Um, where do you guys follow really- to get along and, and find out about all these new products? Where do we follow? Where where do where was somebody if they wanted to keep keep tabs on sheep feet for the oh, new products? Where do they follow along? <laughs> yeah, just uh, we do a lot on Facebook and Instagram, so it's our handle is just Sheep Feet Outdoors, and so you can check us out there. The website there's a newsletter at sheepfeetoutdoors.com. You can sign up for that, and you'll be there. So we'll be coming out with new products, new deals, everything of that sort of thing, and we'll be announcing everything on there. So in business, what is one piece of advice uh, you wish somebody had given you earlier on? So I, I had this, this piece of advice, and it's a, it's a quote that somebody told me, some, one of my mentors, uh, a little bit later. But it's all two-letter words, and it is, if it is up to me, if it is going to be, it is up to me. Uh, and so that's just something that's always stuck with me. If it's going to happen, you're just going to have to make it happen instead of relying on other people. So many times throughout my journey before, like with business and different things, I relied on other people to get things done and didn't happen. So it just always is. You just need to definitely say, I'm going to have to do this, take the reins and get things done. If if you're going to have it done. All right. That sounds like sound advice to me. Last question. Last question. We're going to let you go. When's the hair getting cut? The hair is getting cut. I have no future plans of cutting the hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, probably a year would be my guess. I'll probably go another year and then cut it. I was going to cut it before the hunting season this season, but not decided I'm not going to. I don't so know one if more I year, can... we'll see where it gets. I don't know if I can challenge you to a gentleman's challenge because I don't know if I can go another year on this beard. I just... I don't think I could do it. And I definitely, uh, I can't do the hair. I'm, I'm pretty envious. I've always wanted a nice golden lock. So if you get a chance. Well, this, this is the last raw. This <laughs> is the last raw due to the thinning. So once this is done, I'll be short forever. Well, mine just sticks straight up 
and goes crazy. It's not curly, but it just, it never lays flat. So, well, we really appreciate you, your product, your company. Thank you for taking the time to come on here. We'll put all the uh, social handles in the, uh, in the uh, show notes so people can get a hold of you and just keep rocking it, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for coming on, Caleb. It's been good. Good luck hunting and uh, send me some big, big buck photos. You too. Good luck in Alaska. Yeah, I'm I'm leaving tomorrow, so I am. We'll Lucky see. Lucky dog. Uh, you know, some of us got to work, right? I'm calling it work. It's work, Caleb. Uh, you got to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll be able to do it. Uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll join in if if I can. Thanks again for listening to the Radcast Outdoors podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. If so, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast, and subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating, which really helps other people find the show. You can find all of our shows, recipes, giveaways, videos, and much more at radcastoutdoors.com. While you're there, please help support the show by purchasing a Radcast Outdoors shirt or hat. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Radcast community on Facebook called Radcast Nation, And we'd love for you to join in the conversation there. And of course, please help support our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you again to PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Until next time, get out there and enjoy the outdoors.